See it, be it, do it. See where you want to be. Become the person that you know you'll need to be. And that means taking on some lessons, learning some things, and then do it. Hey, I'm Harrison. When was the last time you had a deep, meaningful conversation with somebody? If it's been a while, don't worry. You're in the right place. This podcast is designed to open your mind to new perspectives and topics in the realms of health, personal growth, and, well, life. Welcome to the Let's Talk About Life podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Let's Talk About Life podcast. My name is Harrison King, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in here today and, and spending this time with me listening to these conversations. This conversation I'm having today, I mean, it's you're in for a treat. You really are. I uh, like to say this is one of my new friends. It was it was so great to have this chat and be able to share it with you. And I want to I want to just say congratulations. And you're saying, why, Harrison? It's not my birthday. You know, (laughs) I didn't graduate. I didn't get married. No, congratulations, because you are putting your health and well-being and personal growth. You're putting it at, at, at you're making it a priority in your life. You really are by listening to this to this show. So even just by, you know, whatever you're doing, if you ever walk, hey, <laughs> if you're sitting at home, if you're driving in the car, what's up? And I'm so just grateful that you're doing this because you are, by doing this, just listening to this, you're, you're improving your life and opening your mind up to new perspectives and ideas. And that's what we're all about here at the show. So congratulations. <laughs> um, and if you want to keep benefiting, uh, benefiting yourself, what am I trying to say? If you want to keep, you know, improving everything about that and your health specifically you're going to want to get yourself a pair of you guessed it these blue light blocking glasses and why is that well since i've been wearing them i'm not just preaching this because because i'm just trying to like promote these glasses no way i'm telling you this because i really believe in them i i've been wearing them for the past well i've had them for some for a while but i used to have those cheap ones you know those cheap ones from amazon they're like 12 bucks they didn't really do the job they're blocking like 12% or something of the blue light spectrum. These bad boys right here. First of all, they look great. I mean, they look awesome. But they're blocking like 88 to 100% of the blue light, the harmful blue light spectrum. That's what you want. You know, you don't want those those flimsy Amazon ones. You want to get Canada's best quality blue light blocking glasses. And you can get those from Natro Academy. You head on over to N-A-T-U-R-O Academy, naturoacademy.com. You're going to grab yourself a pair of these natural blocks, blue light blocking glasses, and wait for it. Use the code Harrison10 when you check out and you're going to get 10% off. I'm here to help you out, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm going to share the benefits about these things. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna provide you with the uh, information, and I'm going to help you a little bit. You save a little bit of money. All right, 10% off. So head on over to there, naturalacademy.com. Use the code Harrison10. Start improving your health. Uh, not today, I guess, <laughs> whenever you get the glasses, because <laughs> it's going to, they got to ship, you know, they got to ship, but that's what you want to do to start improving that. Let's talk about not life, but Steve Gamlin. <laughs> that's the, who I sat down with today. He's in his 17th year as the motivational firewood guy. We talk about that and why he calls himself that. And it's quite interesting, the story behind that. Steve has done it all. He was in radio, he was a stand-up comic, and now he's done 30 plus years in the personal development industry, and he's sharing things for everybody, sharing stories and how to, well, his thing is visualization. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about vision boards. He's got the vision board mastery program, which is one of the best in the world. Um, But I mean, you should get it and you can see for yourself. So what an incredible chat I had with Steve Gamlin, my new buddy. 
then I hope he becomes your new buddy, even even just <laughs> in your mind by listening because he is an incredible guy. So uh, let's dive in to my chat with Steve Gamlin. Steve, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm I'm very excited about this conversation. And uh, first of all, where are you where are you joining me from? Where are you located at the moment? Uh, I live in the woods of a little town called Ware, New Hampshire. And here's how small Ware is. I used to live in the town next door and my P.O. box there was five. So <laughs> now I live in a smaller town on a dead end street off another dead end street. But God bless technology. Here we are. I know. Super cool. Um, you've got quite an interesting story. You did seven, around seven years of stand up comedy. Is that correct? I did, yes. Yeah, stand-up comedy and then 30-plus years personal development. Love to hear it. That stuff's so amazing. And you go by the motivational firewood guy. Now, before we kind of get into something, I really want to hear about you, your story, and and what is that? What is what is the motivational firewood guy? Just tell me all about you, Steve. I want to I wanna hear. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I started off, uh, let's see, in my single digits uh, in the mid to late 70s, I saw a TV show called WKRP in Cincinnati that was about a fictional radio station. And I saw this guy named Dr. Johnny Fever who wore sunglasses indoors, which I thought was so cool. He had shaggy hair. He didn't shave all the every day. He wore jeans and T-shirts and played records. And I said, someday I want to do that. Well, my early 20s, I got to. I was on the radio for 10 years following a dream because a friend urged me to go after that dream. And I finally did. Well, I worked about 15 years worth of hours in 10 and crashed and burned at age 35, walked away from my radio career. My first marriage fell apart. I was near bankrupt at age 35. And after about a year sitting in the ashes, I was out hitting golf balls one day on an August afternoon in 2003 in a thunderstorm because the storm came through under power lines, barefoot in the wet grass. And I was the only person who didn't run away from the storm. So I hit my bucket of golf balls, just getting out frustrations and hit the uh, free buckets of golf balls that these two guys who ran from the storm left behind. And when I finished an hour, I could barely lift my arms and I got to my car and the sun came out and I just started laughing. I just thought that was the funniest thing. And I just looked up, you know, well played. And I was telling that story to my then brand new life coach a couple days later. He goes, so how was your week? And I said, put down your pen and check this out. And I just retold that afternoon, but I tried to make it so funny and and interesting. And he said, look, I got two questions for you. Are you this open and honest about your life with everyone? And I said, yeah, usually in a self-deprecating way, but yeah. And he said, you ever thought of being a motivational speaker or a stand-up comedian? I think you would love both. And I answered, yeah, I've wanted to do both for years where I don't have the courage or the idea how to pursue either one. And within three weeks, I was in an intro to stand-up comedy class and attending Toastmasters. And a year after that, went to my first National Speakers Association of New England meeting, and I had to wear the blue name badge of shame. You know, it's my first meeting. (laughs) So it just says, Steve, on it, you know, nothing special. And a guy asked me, he goes, so what do you do? I said, I'm a motivational speaker. He goes, well, okay, what sets you apart? And I said, I want to help people. He goes, well, you're not helping yourself with that definition. And he was so gracious with his time. And a couple minutes later, I finally said, look, if somebody comes to hear me speak, they have a spark of an idea in their heart that they want their life to be better. I said, if I share a story or a lesson or an example or something, a call to action, They take their spark and they take my call to action. I said, it's kind of like I'm providing motivational firewood. And the guy says, do you know anything about trademarks? And I said, not a clue. He said, look into it. 
I love that concept. And I've owned the trademark of motivational firewood ever since. I love that. I love that kind of concept because that's that's totally what it is. I mean, all of our even motivation and, and inspiration itself comes from within, right? And and you as a motivational speaker, me as a podcast host, we can only provide so much information. You gotta it's it's gotta start somewhere. And I, I love that. So you're the uh you're the uh, motivational firewood guy. I love it. So I want to talk about visualization specifically because I saw that uh, that's something that you talk about. And even right behind you there, you got the vision board, board master. Was it mastery? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm halfway through a new video. So that's still on the chalkboard. I can't change <laughs> it because some of my clients, if they see the letters change in the middle of a video, oh, they get on me for that. <laughs> <laughs> I saw um, the edit. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so all kinds of things, but let's start just straight up with what is visualization to you? Yeah, visualization is when somebody says, well, this is my goal or resolution even, which is a weaker version of goals, but it's something. My first question is, all right, what does that look like for you? And what does it feel like? What does it sound like? What could it smell like? I mean, what I try to do is is get people to really get a solid vision of what the goal is, not just what some people say is, oh, this year I want to be happier, healthier, and more money. Okay. It's a start. It's something. It's a bit broad brushed, but let's dial in and see what that actually looks like for you and what you're willing to do to achieve it and a deep dive into why you want it. But it starts with having that vision first and being able to tell me in a convincing way what it looks like for you. And if you can't do it in a convincing way, we, you know, I, I created a program. I'll just start asking questions. We'll have a conversation and just kick around ideas. But I believe that you have to know two things. You have to know where you are right now and exactly where you want to go. And that's where the visualization comes in. And we start uh, you know, creating a story around it and giving you the visual so you're not walking in 20 different directions. Uh, you know you've, you know where you are now and you get the X on the map like any good pirate would do. So you know where the treasure is. So that's that's really what I try to do with people is, is get a, a, a vision for it and make it really mean something to them that they'll really go after it. Yeah. Having it like a, think of it, thinking of it as a story, I think is a, is a great way to, way to do that. Cause that's, that's what it is. And it's a story that you're going to bring to life, although it may not seem like it now for people that have trouble with that. Maybe I guess the question is people that don't, you said your X marks a spot. This is where we're going. How do you, if you're lost, you're feeling like right now is a prime example. You know, there's a lot of unknowns in the world. We don't really know what's happening. What if you don't know? where you want to go, where you can go. How can you start to figure that out? It's actually a pretty common thing. And and people have asked me, well, what qualifies you to teach this? Hey, I've got a picture of me in front of the chalkboard. It just says this guy lived it and draws an arrow to my head. <laughs> I've been there. And what I try to do then is just kind of take a step back, not overwhelm myself with stuff and not watch all those people who try to define what success is for you you know, with the rented Lamborghini yacht and mansion <laughs> in their videos, you know, I can change right. your life. Those That's TV right. preacher, motivational guru guys. <laughs> That's right. Is, is just see who you admire out there in the world and understand there's nine-ish major areas of life. There's our physical well, our physical health, emotional well-being, our careers, our finances, spirituality, integrity, morals, ethics, connection, relationships, all these things. Start to see who's out there in the world or even in your community or in your family or among your friends who's enjoying life in a certain area at a level that you wish you could enjoy and just start to observe them. If you can, ask them questions. Hey, how do you do that? Don't ever say what's the secret behind whatever because there's no secrets. But just start to really 
see who you admire out there and look up to and respect at the level that they're operating their lives, even in that one specific area. And, and ask them, how do, you know, I've been observing you. Gosh, you, you go to the gym every day. You eat well. You sleep well. You take care of yourself. You drink enough water. You're in excellent physical shape. How do you do it? Or, or you know, I would love to enjoy life the way you're enjoying it right now. Are there any helpful tips you could give me? And that, you know, getting off your butt and, and starting to take even those little steps will dial it in even a little bit. So you're not falling for the TV commercials of the magic powder. You know, that one piece of gym equipment at your house that's going to have 20, you know, coat hangers on it in a month. Because I used to have a treadmill that could hold two loads of laundry. (laughs) You know, to really start to dial it in, in a real way and in an emotionally connected way. So you're not just being sold some mythical result that maybe is not going to be in your wheelhouse or in your passion or what you're willing to do to trade for it. Mm -hmm. Because I think everybody has something, at least one thing, hopefully more uh, that they're, that they love, first of all, want to improve on, or just something that they want to, everybody has goals, you know, everybody has even a new year's resolution, but that's a whole different thing. But, um, you know, find, find, just find the people and reach out to the people. I mean, especially in the world, you know, today with the internet, I mean, you can connect with, first of all, you can connect with anybody, but the information is unlimited. I mean, finding, researching into those people that are, you know, this person is, they lost this many pounds and this many, how do they do it? You know, find more people. And it's all about the research. So I really, I really like the way you're explaining that. I think some people, I don't personally, but I've talked to people and they actually find it really hard to envision something that hasn't happened yet. You know, they like to, they don't have anything to grasp onto. Now you said talking to another person kind of grasping onto that, but how about as a, mindset shift what can we do to try to go i'm gonna get there you know it doesn't seem like i can get there but i'm gonna get there how do you you know what do you tell people that are thinking like that usually where i start is has anybody else on the planet ever done what you are thinking of doing and they always laugh and they go yeah all right find those people but you don't have to have that conversation because sometimes people are afraid to ask because they're still the before picture right and, and we look at the after picture and we fail to realize that they did all this stuff in between. And sometimes they seem a little too on the next pedestal or level. Maybe we're not comfortable doing that. Well, some of these people have written books. They have podcasts. They have videos. They have articles written about them. Maybe, you know, they've been featured on somebody else's show. The more we can understand that the people who've already done it before us are real, regular, everyday, cool, interesting people who have tried, who have failed probably more times than we've ever dared, and yet they're still there. And the more we can humanize that and make it accessible, I think it makes it seem a little less far off. And what I tell people also is, look, life's like an old wooden roller coaster. You know, we just go click, 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 click. You can't skip your way to the top. You have to buckle in, put down that bar, hope to tighten up the bolts because it's probably an old ride if it's an old wooden roller coaster. We have to go through every single step. And as we go through these steps in our own lives, we grow a little bit. We have a little more experience. We have a little more confidence. We're getting closer to the top to whatever it is that we want is just over the top. But we have to do every single step. There's no magic pills, no magic formulas. And when I explain it that way, some people go, Oh, okay. So what if I just do this? Well, that is awesome because it's your next step. And when you can break it down into little steps, it can seem a lot less scary. Yeah, that's such a 
I mean, I think that can be obviously applied to anything in life, just not things can feel so big. Um, but you've obviously, you've been doing this a long time. You're helping people do it. What are some exercises that we can start doing? Say you found a person, you know, found the thing you want to want to get to. How do you start doing it? How do you start, you know, climbing the climbing the ladder, the the roller coaster, roller coaster? You put pen to paper every day and you write down like I, I keep a gratitude journal. And one of the biggest things I use with it is to track my progress on some of my goals. Like I did this little step today and I did this and I did this because if we don't do it, it can minimize what we see as our momentum. And one of the equations I share with people is consistency plus momentum equals confidence. And the sooner we can recognize our progress and build the confidence, the better. Now, another part of that is we have to understand why we want the goal. In a deep, can deeply rooted, emotionally connected why is going to serve you so well versus, well, it's a good idea. Well, some motivational guy said it was what I should do. Well, they told me I needed to be rich to be successful. Well, you're going to, I mean, 2020 was a huge why killer for a lot of people for their goals because with the pandemic, it was like they're hiking up this mountain and a big clump of trees fell down across the path. A big clump of tree. <laughs> you know, some people just stood there and went, huh, well, maybe someday I'll get to the top of that goal. They walk back down the mountain and they're hanging out on a rickety picnic table near the porta potties. And that's no fun because the view blows. The resourceful people who know why they want what they want either bust out a chainsaw, cut through the trees, they climb over them, or they just start walking to the left or to the right and go around them. And then they, now they're going to be in uncharted waters or uncharted areas. They may have to go in a different direction they've ever gone in before, but they might also meet some really cool people who can guide them through it. And if you know your why, you're going to get to the top of that mountain no matter what. Now, I've always said in my early days as a speaker, I said, I'm going to make this work if it kills me. That was my why. Because the person who convinced me to get into radio when I was 24, I finally followed that dream. He died three weeks after I got my first radio job. And after 10 years in radio, I said, you know what I want to be for other people as a speaker? I want to be that friend who helps you to believe in yourself when you don't. And so that's been my why as a speaker for 17 years so far. And I'll never stop. Wow, that's so... That's a powerful story, first of all. Um, and and that why obviously is a hard thing to find. You know, it's hard to, and it just takes time. And and like you said, time sitting with yourself, which is, you know, this is a great time to do that. Um, anytime's a great time to do that, but especially when lots of things are, you know, the forced isolation and, and stuff like that. Um, other exercises, no, I already had written down writing because I knew it was going to be talked about. Um, I love that. But how about things like, you know, it's a little bit of a different territory, but it's similar affirmations and stuff like that. Like telling your self-talk, what kind of, what kind of things, the things that you recommend specifically, or just like, is it, it's a pretty personal experience, you know, visualization, but, uh, as far as that stuff goes, self-talk, do you want to speak a little bit to that? Yeah. Uh, I am one of the, uh, formerly one of the most self-deprecating, self-abusive, make fun of yourself people. Um, I, I used to be brutal because I did it under the guise of being funny. And I had some friends. Uh, I was a speaker at a three-day event back in June of 2010, I believe. And on the third day, I just woke up in a really bad, foul mood. 
and I was telling these old stories on stage and I was so self-deprecating and I thought I was being funny because the audience was laughing. Well, my speaker friends intervened on me at the end of the day and said, if we ever hear you talking about yourself like that again, we'll never allow you to be part of one of our events ever. And I said, well, what do you mean they were laughing? I said, they were laughing at you. If in, in always remember the words that you're saying about yourself, there's a little space in between your ears, that nice gray lump of clay that's always listening. So I'm not saying you have to look in the mirror and say, you know, you're perfect. I love you. But just don't beat up on yourself and, and honor your, your progress throughout the day. Look at yourself in the mirror every single morning. It's going to feel weird. It's going to be awkward. People will think it's silly. Find one thing in that mirror that you actually like about yourself. Like, oh, I do have cool eyes. I have a nice smile. And, and on the days when you can't find anything, you're not in a good mood, just look down and say, well, hell, at least your socks match. Right. Because <laughs> it might make you laugh and you'll be like, I'm kind of funny. I can find the humor in, in every day. Um, greatest lesson my grandfather ever taught me was leave at least one situation a day better than you found it. And if you can do that, you're going to have something about yourself to really respect and admire. You do that on purpose. When you started to change after that event, I'm sure you probably had a little bit of a switch and went, oh, uh, this is not, I don't mean to be doing this or whatever. How did you start to change? I mean, that's a, you know, you've, you'd hardwired your brain to think like that, right? And to act like that. And that was just the habits. I mean, we've talked about it on previous episodes, but um, how do you, how did you personally start to get out of that situation and get to where you are now? Because obviously, at least on an outside perspective, it seems like you're in a very different place. <laughs> and how did you, how did you start to, you know, get there, get out of that big rut? Cause that's, I mean, that's, I mean, starting is one of the hardest parts, but getting out of that rut, you know? So what was your, your kind of experience with that? Uh, a lot of the times I would hear their voices in this one in particular, he's still a mentor of mine. His name is Chris Whitehead. And I heard, I, I always hear Chris's voice. And I just remember, I've always put this phrase in my head. I go, well, if I do this, Chris is going to come in with some boots on and kick me in part of my body. My doctor only gets to see once a year. So I should probably give this story a happier ending. <laughs> and if I love whenever I did, like I would still talk about those low points in my life, but I wouldn't beat myself up over them. I talked about the redemption from it and, and what I did to get out of it so that anybody who was in an audience who might be, you know, feeling connected to the really low point, they know there's hope. You know, I didn't just use them as punchlines as, as putting myself down. I used it as the place I was at. And I've, I've always said, you know, like a phoenix rising from the ashes, my phoenix rides a pogo stick. So my life has gone up and down, but I never leave them down anymore. I don't put myself down for having been there. I talk about the next step. I talk about what got me out of it and what brought me to where I am now because it gives them hope. And it's such a joy to speak in that different way with each presentation because it, I'm all about giving somebody hope and helping them to understand that I'm a regular everyday guy who figured out a lot of cool stuff and is now successful. They can be too and it doesn't have to be anything special about them other than they start respecting themselves in their journey. And they, do, they take little steps and weird stuff's going to happen to you and use it all to get to that next level. I mean, I, I've had some of the weirdest things in the, in the world happen to me over the years. And I see every single one now as a gift. And anytime I have made a mistake, it just means I don't have to go fake a story on stage. I've got, I could be on stage for days talking about the lessons life has taught me. And when real, regular, everyday people hear them, 
I have more people coming up to me when I turn that switch. And it was awkward and clunky at first coming up and say, hey, Steve, I had that same thing happen to me. How did you get rise up from that? Well, I did this, this, and this. Okay. And it's the realness of it and the authenticity, I think, that not enough speakers out there are willing to show all their cards. And I'll, I'll flick the whole deck all over the stage. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something that I've found. I think just the world has found specifically with social media and the rise of social media and and I just media in general, I guess. But um, I've also, I had a really good conversation with somebody about this recently and it's hard to be authentic online and that's right now where a lot of us specifically people you know my age that's you spend a lot of time there and in that space and it actually i think it can go the other way you're talking about you know self self deprecating and all this people have such high standards for themselves even how are you supposed to you know they're not being authentic and it's something i try to do and it's still hard sometimes i'll be like i want to share this but i was like i know that it's not gonna perform as well on you know with likes and views and whatever um staying authentic is so hard is all I'm trying to say. And, but it, it really can make, you know, a world of a difference. And I do think people, like you said, I mean, people just would much rather hear, be relatable. It's, it's re- getting rid of that disconnect, you know, that disconnect. Um, yeah. And plus I never have to worry about what I said somewhere. And, and I, I try to be the same person on stage, off stage, backstage, which is in the speaking world, you'd be surprised at how some personalities are different on stage and backstage. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so on stage, off stage, backstage, standing on the street corner or walking down the Captain Crunch aisle, I am exactly the same human being. And the day I decided to, to really intentionally be the same everywhere was the best decision I ever made for myself as a human being and as a speaker and a writer and a video creator and a, a radio guest because somebody could hear something on this show run into me somewhere we're going to have this exact same conversation yeah and that's something to i'm glad you said that just even the way you worded that really hits home for me because it's something to remember and i want people to hear that because oh it's so easy to not be yourself and kind of be two-sided and whatever and and you know even celebrities i've been talking about celebrities actually a lot recently it's the same thing and trying to make that it's hard because they live such a different life, but it's like, they're a human. They've done the same things and trying to relate to, to, to people. And you can't do that if you're not, you know, being the same person, you're only you. So why are you trying to be multiple versions of you? Right? Yeah. 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 And, you know, authenticity and, and vulnerability also being able to be real. And if you make a mistake, I mean, heck I use my mistakes for material. Come on. And, and also being authentic, it, it tempers who I am everywhere I go. Like, I've got to be very careful of what I say and do everywhere to make sure it's an honest representation of me. And I was hanging with some friends a few years ago. We were hanging at a, at a restaurant with a bar and, we, you know, we all had a drink. And one of my friends said something and I just gave the finger over the table. You know, ha, 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 I just gave the finger. She took my picture. She goes, oh, I can't wait to post that on Facebook. I said, no, you won't. I said, what we do here is different than our, you know, and now even... Even now in public with friends, I will not do that because there's always the chance, you know, it's appropriate there. It's not appropriate everywhere else. So we have to be very careful of what people see and hear us saying and doing. So I'm, I'm very aware of that everywhere I go. And now, of course, with friends, still the same person, but we understand that's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I think uh, to kind of go back to what we were originally talking about, and this is great that we talked about this, I think starting with being authentic to yourself can help you try to find that purpose, that why that you're talking about. Because if you don't know who you are, I mean, how are you supposed to know what you want, right? And 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 starting there is such a great, a great uh, way. Can you talk... I want to really get into vision boards specifically because you've got a whole program <laughs> based around it. Um, I I love them so so many great things about it. But you're the uh, you're the guy. So let's talk about vision boards, Steve. <laughs> sure thing. Fire away. Um, I guess the place to start is what I want to go with because if nobody's done it, there's people out there. A lot of people I think kind of know what they are, but it's essentially you're just putting all that stuff that's in your brain that that map that roadmap you talked about up on your wall or wherever it is in your house. But how do you start? What kind of things should we be putting on our vision boards? What is it? Is it different for each person? What have you found? What works best? Very different for each person. And and somebody a couple of years ago said, oh, Steve, you should put out a vision board starter kit. I saw one on Amazon. I'm like, what? I said, oh, a vision board starter kit. You can buy pictures of a nice house and a nice car. And I'm going, oh my gosh, that is the worst thing you can do. Because you're right, it, it definitely has to come from within you. It's your goals, hopes, and dreams. It's what you are connected to. It's it's knowing why you want what you want, not just because somebody who you know was up on a stage with lasers and fog and thundering music told you that that day you can get 40% off their exclusive program of what they think success is. The first steps, and in, in I've got 10 modules in my program. We don't gather pictures to module seven. The first steps is understanding where you are right now. And then start to think of where you want to be and to keep it, especially if you're brand new at this, say a year from now. Don't do not do the 20 years and I'm going to start today and crush these goals. You're going to scare the crap out of yourself and you're going to bail in about three days. So start where you are right now and put pen to paper and just talk about these different parts of your life, your physical health. Are you feeling consistently the emotions you want to feel? How are your relationships doing? How's your connection with the world, especially in a pandemic situation? Do you feel so isolated or are you still making phone calls and at least still connecting with people in a, in a real way? Um, your career, your finances, um, your spirituality, if your faith is important to you, how are you dealing with that in the midst of a pandemic? Are you still staying connected to your higher power? Even if you go on a scale of one to 10, where you think each one is or a couple of words, Really assess where you are right now. And then say a year from now, how could I make each one better? Or what would be the next level for me at the end of this year that I would like to enjoy in each of these? And then talk about why. Now, why is it really important that I do this? What's the emotional connection to it? Not just better or more, but understanding and be able to quantify it. And then I just, I have an exercise where I tell people, look, go nuts. It's called the brainstorm blueprint and get pen and paper, turn off all things electronic and just think of all these different areas of life. If you could write a letter to Santa Claus and just design everything, just go crazy, even just for a half hour and just write like mad and then look back at the list and pick your favorite for each category of your life and start there and then find a picture that can represented or a word or a hashtag. And some of the people I work with, they have mantras that really connect them emotionally. Like when they say that, when they share it with other people, people cheer them on and then start to assemble in such a way, take whatever's most important to you. This is just my recommendation. Put it in the center 
and then how everything else relates to it, you're crafting this story outward. And then don't hide the board. Keep it where you can see it every single day. Take a picture of it. Make it the wallpaper on your phone, your tablet, your laptop. Print out a picture. Put it in the visor of your car if you're on the road a lot. And every time you go into a meeting or to close a deal or to do whatever, take it out, look at it and say, okay, what one picture can I take one step toward today? And you're intentionally doing that little click every single day. You're going to get closer than somebody who just wrote, I want to be happy. I want to be healthy. I want more money on a little slip of paper and tucked it under the lamp in their living room to keep it from rocking. Because they're going to find that note somewhere between Christmas and New Year's with like salsa stains on it and the pizza guy's number. I wonder what this is. Oh, crap. They were my resolutions. (laughs) So that's, you know, and then uh, a big thing too, and and what I close out the program with is you've got all these things you want to do, have, be, et cetera. You know why you want them. You know where they are. Start to think of the people you're going to have to meet, what you might have to learn, a skill you may have to pick up, some research you might have to do. Who you need to become to be able to achieve those things is critical because everything I know, you know, I didn't know when I started and I still have so much more to learn that I'm always meeting these next level people who are guiding me to that next really nice view somewhere on the mountain. Yeah. Wow. I I really like that, that you're, uh, you really explain it like, and even when we started off the bat, um, it's like a, it's the story that you're looking at your story. It's a visual representation of that, that path you're going to take. So including, you know, p- people you're going to need to meet people you need, you need to work with things. You're going to need to research all kinds of stuff. Um, are there any, as far as you said, having it out in the open, obviously any specific places in your house that you would recommend it be, or is it again, kind of personal preference? Cause a lot of people I think probably do their bedroom or whatever, but is there anything you found is best overall? Wherever you can see it every single day at a meaningful time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some people get up first thing in the morning, they have it either, you know, on their nightstand or on the wall somewhere and they'll spend a little time looking at it. Like I said, some people are in their cars so much that they have a picture of it in their car or they have it on their phone or their tablet. Uh, my favorite one so far is my dear friend, Lisa, who has been to several of my events and she also has the program. She shared one time at a live event. I said, hey, Lisa, where do you keep your vision board? She goes, oh, my bathroom. And people started to laugh. And I said, Lisa, why do you keep it in your bathroom? She goes, hey, I'm there every day. What she does is she puts it next to her mirror. And when she's doing her hair and her makeup, she's looking at the vision board and and figuring out for that day, what one action am I going to take for this? And also to be looking at it and say, hey, I've already done some of this. You know, to understand that it's a work in progress. It's not just this destination, it's a journey. And and it's who you become along the way, not just what you get. You know, you're not just pulling a, a slot machine hoping for a payoff. You're, you're actually crafting yourself and developing yourself throughout the story. And you're going to be a totally different person, even if you don't hit every goal. If you make the effort every single day, if you write down the gratitude for what you're achieving along the way, even the tiniest increments every day. At the end of that year, you're going to look back at your very first entries and think, wow. You know, I, I look back at my earliest things and and so many of us do. We look back at the first version of something and go, oh my God, that's horrible. I've got to delete that. I do not want the world. 
I've kind of adopted a different approach now where I look back at my early vision boards or my early goals or my first recordings or my first radio shows or my first speaking events. Now, instead of bashing myself for it, I just look at it and I go, oh my gosh, that's adorable. Look at that. I wouldn't be here without it. So even if you start simple and do one or two goals even, or just pick one, if you get a picture frame on your desk, put what's most important to you in your life for this year in it. And just keep focusing on that, what you can do every single day. My wife and I, our relationship is so important to, to me and to both of us. We cook dinner together three or four nights a week, no matter what. If I've got calls or shows or whatever, we make dinner together three, four nights a week. And that's so critical to me for the relationship part of my goals. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's so great. I think the personal part of it is such an important thing to remember because like you said, somebody said here on Amazon, <laughs> here's the, the package. I mean, things are, it's not, they don't know what you want. They don't, they don't, you know, you need to figure out what you want. Um, as far as things that it does, and I don't know what your experience is with this, but do you know what things happen in the brain when we start to do actions like this? You know, what are we, what are we training our mind to do? Obviously our mind is a powerful thing. Um, do you have any knowledge of that and kind of what, what's happening up here when we're looking at stuff, when we're talking about what we want, um, you know, law of attraction, stuff like that. I'm sure you, you, you know, something, but um, what I usually express is, is actually what I learned from Jack Canfield, who Jack has been my hero in the personal development world for the past 20 years. I had the joy of meeting him and having an amazing conversation about six years ago. Jack's concept was always acting as if, because he, he would do these things called a come as you'll be party, where he would have people think of what their vision was going to be, what they wanted, say, five years, 10 years in advance. He would have an event and he would say, okay, I want you to show up as that person making it real because what you're doing is you're actually training the brain to see you at that level and also you're acting and reinforcing it with your words your actions your physical movements and also the belief in yourself that you're taking on that role now and people have said oh steve you talk about law of attraction are you certified in quantum mechanics quantum physics no i know i, I know enough to know that it's always working behind the scenes. And if we put the right things into it, it's kind of like I can't rebuild the engine in my car, but I trust the mechanics who built it and the engineers that when I turn that key, it's going to work. And that's the approach I take with the law of attraction and visualization as well. I'm a storyteller, but I know the fabric and I know everything under the hood is built to run if we put the right fuel into it, the right intention, take care of it and design the roadmap of where we want to go. All of these other things are working. We become magnetic. And as I shared with somebody yesterday, when you've got your mind in the right place, you have your thoughts moving on the right direction, you know where that X is. You just gotta be the right magnet to attract the right opportunities, not luck, the right opportunities. And when you stop staring at your shoes long enough to look around and keep your head on a swivel, you're gonna see them and hear them. And then you're going to start to take them and then your confidence goes up and then you start, you go from there. Mm -hmm. And I think even if you don't know a lot about, you know, quantum physics and all that realm of stuff, it's just the stories you've seen, success stories of people doing it. I mean, the, you know, that classic story of Jim Carrey with his, uh, whatever it was, 10 million, $1 million check or whatever. He kept $10 million check for acting services. Yeah. And, it, and yeah. it came right, right around that time. Um, that's not you know, stuff like that. When you hear so many stories of it, it's not, you know, we're not making it up. It's not fake. Now you mentioned something about 
consistency, right? Doing things regularly. This is something I want to touch on because I'm very much, that's important to me, doing things regularly. However, it can become a challenge when you're like, if I don't hit it every single day, I miss a day, I miss two days in a row, I'm, I'm falling off track, you know, <laughs> the roller coaster is going down. Dealing with that is something that I've always struggled with and I continue to struggle with and trying to, to find that, um, is that something you struggle with, first of all, and you see others, what's the best way to get around that? Because it's hard when we're like, well, telling us, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing this every day. Specifically, lots of these kind of, you know, gurus and stuff. It's like, I'm getting up at 4 a.m. every day, like, don't miss a day, ah, whatever. And it's like, but if you do, yeah. we're humans. Yeah. How do, how do we deal with that? The first thing we have to do is give ourselves a break and, and to understand why did we miss it this one day? Because sometimes if we get on ourselves so badly about it, we start beating ourselves. Oh my gosh, I missed a day. I can't believe I missed a day. And your whole day is wrecked because you didn't do one thing in the morning. And then you skip another day. But then you have to be careful of saying, well, if I missed one day, I can miss two. Well, if I miss two, I can miss three. You know what? I'll start next Monday. Well, you know, the first of the month. Well, you know, fourth quarter, well, the holidays, January 1st. What we have to do is realize, all right, I missed the day. Or I took a day off on purpose because I just needed that day. Then you need to remember why you're doing it in the first place. And if it's still a compelling enough reason, you probably won't miss too many more days. But a lot of it comes down to we berate ourselves and we beat ourselves up. And there's just too many speakers out there saying, you've got to get up at 4.30 in the morning now. And all of a sudden, you know, all these things you have to do to be successful. Oh, my gosh. Just do something a little bit better than yesterday. My buddy, Chris Whitehead, one of my one of my biggest mentors and, and my brother, he just says, Steve, all you got to do is be 1% better every day. He said, you'd be amazed at the end of the year what can happen if you do 1% better. And he knows how, how tough I am on myself sometimes. He goes, brother, if anybody gave me as much crap as you give yourself, I'd punch him right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He goes, hey, man, I'm not in the military. I don't need a drill instructor. He goes... I, he goes, be your own really good, supportive friend. You're going to screw up. If you do, acknowledge it and then just get back up and start climbing again. You know, consistency is important for me. Uh, I, I've got a weekly group coaching program. It happens every Monday night at 730. We've done 85 Monday nights in a row. And last week, I screwed up. And I went into the wrong room. And I'm just sitting there talking like the room is full. And I'm thinking, well, nobody came on the call tonight. Hmm. And then afterward, I see all these instant messages. Hey, we dude, we tried to get in the room. but And I looked and I went, I was in the wrong room. I said, wait, the replay will be available. So technically, I still have 85 in a row that I was there. But I started to beat myself up over. I go, wait, hold on a second. What, what am I going to beat myself up for? I can still deliver it. It's just going to be an hour later before they can see it. That's all. And, and then the other night, I made a joke about it. Like, hey, go, look, we're all in the same room. Y'all showed up this week because I was in the right room. And you just made a joke out of it. And, and you just get right back. And sometimes we get embarrassed when we screw up. You know what? We're human. Everybody on earth is human. We're going to make mistakes. And, of course, there's the, the old message that the old thing that says, you know, turn your mess into your message. There's a lot of truth to that. Just be real. If you screw up, you screw up. If you take a day off, okay, understand why you took it off and then understand why you can't take off 10 in a row. Yeah. And then just get back on the horse. Yeah. And it's it's just acknowledging what you need. Sometimes I had somebody coach recently say that to me. I mean, you get up. I'm talking about waking up because it's an important thing to me. So, you know, say you sleep in. 
acknowledge what do you why did that happen first of all and what does your body need maybe you need a day off you know and it doesn't mean that you're falling off track like i said you know the roller coaster but you just you need to give yourself what you need and being gentle with yourself and i i think more and more i talk to people i realize that it's a very common thing that people are just not we're so harsh on ourselves like you said you know if you said those things you're saying yourself to somebody else they would be like not having it so why do we why do we let ourselves do that to ourselves right it's it's so strange um and and recognizing that an interesting thing i'd like to just share that somebody recently said is that you know when you feel like you're falling off track and you can't get up like i don't why if you forget your why why do i want to working out for example you know um write down when you feel like a beast, you know, you just came back from a great workout, you're feeling on top of the world, write down what you're feeling like. And then next time you're like, I don't want to work out like, Oh, I really don't want to remember that. Cause you, you like that feeling. You want to be there. It may not make you do it right then, but you'll get back to doing it. So keeping track of that stuff. I just think that's something interesting. Uh, we're getting towards the end here. You got a lot of information. You know a lot of stuff. Is there anything in specific that you'd like to really share or, or you know, take us home with for the audience? Biggest things in, in the simplest way I can explain it all. And I've got a coffee mug around here. It's over on my desk here in the studio. It says, see it, be it, do it. See where you want to be. Become the person that you know you'll need to be. And that means taking on some lessons, learning some things. And then do it. Just take action every single day, even if it's just the tiniest thing. And like you just mentioned, uh, and I said it earlier, put pen to paper. When you're at peak, when you're really digging it, when you're cruising, when it's effortless, write down how it feels. And, and write down at least one moment of gratitude. I do this in the morning. I write down my three favorite moments from the previous day. Now, even in 2020, in the midst of a pandemic, when one of my two companies got absolutely annihilated, just disappeared. I still wrote down close to a thousand good moments last year. So that's what I focus on. That's what keeps me going because there's, there's great moments tomorrow morning. I'm going to write about this conversation because this is something that was a highlight of my day and it had me in a peak state and of enjoyment. So see it, be it, do it. And I wish I had my mug. I'd hold it up because that would be (laughs) really symbolic, but it's way over there. Yeah. Um, But yeah, just, just think those, those three, quick thing. See it, be it, do it. And just keep yourself going every single day. You would be amazed at where it can take you in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. I do have one more thing I want to inquire with you to kind of wrap all of this up. Do you preach to people or, or do you have your own accountability partners? Because it's hard, like I said, we're hard on ourselves, hard doing things by ourselves, doing it with somebody else. Um, is that something that we should be doing, especially with visualization and, and our goals and stuff like that? I highly recommend it. And, and you've got to have partners that understand who you are and how you are. You know, my, my, my friends know they can't come at me yelling like a drill instructor because I'm just going to shut down. But if they can use humor, you know, the old put me in a headlock and you'd be noogie going, ah, oh, come on, you big dummy. You didn't do this for three days. You got to get back on track. I'll respond to that. So if you are going to have an accountability partner, make sure it's somebody whose energy and style resonates and that the energy can go both ways because it's it's an exchange of energy and that way you get to support each other. Um, I, I've tried over the years to have different people as accountability partners. They weren't good for me. I was not good for them and it ultimately fell apart. So you got to have somebody you, you, you know, like, and trust and respect and the respect has to go both ways. But when you do have one, 
it is so much better to hit the top of a mountain and be able to share a view than have to do all the work yourself and feel alone and have it be a hollow success. So I, I definitely recommend having, uh, you know, I'm part of a very tight tribe of people. We keep each other accountable. We kick each other in the butt and we pick each other back up. So it's a, it's a good combination of, of effort and, and just love and respect among us. Mm-hmm. And uh, everything we kind of talked about all comes back to treating ourselves with love and respect and, and finding what we need. And uh, what is it you said? Think, be, do, right? Uh, see it, be it, do it. See it. There you go. See it, be yep. it, do it. I love that so much. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on here, Steve. It was a pleasure talking with you. My pleasure. This was a blast. Thank you so much. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode and for listening, making it to the end. I hope you really enjoyed this one. I I, I had such a great time talking to Steve and learning so much about him. If you want to hear more from Steve or check him out on social media and stuff, his his at is Steve Gamlin, G-A-M-L-I-N. That's how he spells last name. And uh, you can head over to his main site, which is motivationalfirewood.com. That's right, motivationalfirewood.com. And check out all Steve's stuff. I hope you have a great rest of the day, great rest of the week, great rest of your life, guys. Keep loving life, and we'll chat with you later. For more information about this episode or the show itself, head on over to harrisonkingofficial.com. There you'll be able to find the show notes, transcriptions, and videos for every episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk About Life Pod. Now get out there and have a deep, meaningful conversation in your own life. We'll chat with you next time.